This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Clap, 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 clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Clap Your Hands podcast brought to you by Odyssey Sports. Make sure you download that app. You get all the episodes first. Leave a five-star review while you're at it, too. Brought to you by Sports Radio 94 WIP. And today, brought to you by a special guest, really kind of the first guest co-host we've had on the pod. Would rather, wouldn't have, rather have it be anybody else. My guy from way back in the day, John Gonzalez. You know him as Gonzo. You know him as a former... Still current, actually. Philly media legend. You can check him out on the lead starting five podcast for Wondery. What up, buddy? How you doing? BSP, is that right? I'm the first guest. You are the first co-host. Yes, we had uh, we've had one or two other guests on, but you are the first like just me and you guest. I appreciate you lowering the bar and allowing me <laughs> to come and come on. You guys do a, a great show. I know. Where's Kyle? He's off in. He's uh, off in Australia. I think Australia. He's like. Well, here's what we should have known. The second he left America, you knew that some drama was going to go down. It's the Sixers, so you know it's going to happen anyway. But the old like sports writer, great tweet is always, oh, I was on a walk. Of course, something happened. So if you go to Australia, you know that some drama is uh, is going to go down. But it's the Sixers, so you know it's always going to be interesting. Smart man. Get out of the country. You yes. have to deal with this. You and I will deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. It's Philly <laughs> season. I'd much rather talk about the, the batting yes. order and what's going on with the bats. But like, of course, of course that this happened uh, during the summer because something always happens during the summer. Well, it's the Sixers. And it's funny you yeah. bring up the Philly. So we're recording this on a Thursday. There's an Eagles preseason game tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if people listen to Go Birds or for some reason follow me on Twitter, you know how much I love training camp. Currently, Deshaun Watson's tweeting at me like it's a busy day <laughs> in uh in my in my Eagles life. But I'll be honest, man. Like I was texting with Jack Fritz about this earlier today. I think this James Harden thing with like did Daryl Morey lie to him? Was there a promise? Was it broken? Was it not? is so juicy and interesting. It's like consuming my life. Imagine if this was going on with the Eagles and like the starting quarterback, it's like the best plot line. Like I would watch it on Bravo instead of Vanderpump rules ever. Like it's extremely interesting. So before we get started, I'm guess more two- of a below deck man myself, but all right. Oh, come on, man. Gonzo, man. I watched I all that trash TV okay. below deck, Australia <laughs> right. below deck. That's fantastic. Yes. Yes. Um, so to get started, I want to just ask you first, like before we get into the new stuff, Pat Beverly talked about on his pod, had a lot of interesting things to say. I'm just curious, what is your like overarching opinion on what is happening with James Harden and the Sixers? Do you think Daryl Morey lied to him? I mean, there's so there's two different things that he could have lied to him about, right? Mm -hmm. There is, did he have a handshake agreement 
to get once he opted in last year uh, or took a, a haircut last year mm-hmm. in order to bring in other players. Did Daryl Morey say, hey, I'll make you hold down the line and give you a bigger contract? That's one potential thing that Daryl might have lied about. The other one is, hey, opt in now. We'll give you your 35 million, whatever, and then we'll do our best to accommodate you on a trade. To the former, I don't think so because let's not forget that in December, Harden's camp was leaking that he was on his way back to Houston over and mm-hmm. over and over and over again. So, I mean, if that's what James wants to posit, then that's fine. But I'm personally not buying it because, you know, there's two sides to that coin. For this last one, I think that there's probably a difference in opinion on how that conversation went down. James obviously thinks, hey, once I opted in, you're going to move me. And I think Daryl was more of the vein that once you opt in, I'm going to try my best to move you, but I'm not going to move you for nothing. we'd be better keeping you than moving you for nothing. So, you know, this to me falls with James Harden. So I actually fall on the different side of that coin. And first let me say, yeah, well, welcome to the natural. Um, Yes, exactly. Uh, Let me say this first. Like, I think the word lie has like a lot of, it sounds very mean spirited to me. So I understand that I don't know Daryl Morey personally. I don't know James Harden personally, but I will say this, like, it really sounds to me like Daryl Morey did lie to James Harden because we all agree last offseason he took a pay cut. Like mm-hmm. that was certainly what both camps were spinning. James took less so they could sign PJ Tucker, and the Sixers were doing the whole like, wow, what a winner. This guy is such a great teammate. So we all seem to agree he took less money last offseason. Then I get the Houston thing is the report where it's like, well, why are you leaking that if if you if you think there's interest or you're gonna get that deal? And I understand that. And I think that that might have just been a misplay by Harden. But I just find it very hard to believe that James Harden willingly took less money last offseason without thinking it was going to come back on the other end. Like, point blank period. We don't know what was said in that room. We don't know if it was a firm, like, here's the number or I'm going to take care of you thing. But why would James take less money, actually, if he didn't think he was going to get on the back end? And then the way he talks about it, calling him a liar, saying he'll never play for him, like, he clearly is like a man scorned. Like, he is very upset about this as I would be if I thought someone was going to give me all this money and then didn't. So to me, I feel like the the bottom line base of this is Daryl Morey does not want to pay James Harden. Like point blank period. If Daryl wanted to pay him, he would have talked to him prior to free agency. He would have given him the money. He would have made sure it happened. Like I think they are using the Houston, sorry, the Houston excuse as a cop-out. Like as a, oh, you broke it first actually. When in reality, if they wanted him, they wouldn't care about that. They would be like, oh yeah, you're going to go to Houston, but you're not anymore. Great. We'll give you the money we promised you. couple of things here. You yeah. said Daryl Morey doesn't want to pay James Harden. I would add a caveat. Nobody wants to pay James Harden. James Harden isn't owed anything. If he says, I'm going to take a pay cut so that you can sign some extra players and then we're going to get, you know, we'll figure out a deal right. down the line. Okay. When you get down the line, what's the market for James Harden? And the answer is evidently not very good, right? I mean, if he was He's leaking all this stuff about going back to Houston. If Houston wanted him, he'd be there. Guess who's there? Fred Van Fleet, not James Harden. Mm-hmm. What was the market for James Harden during this offseason? James Harden didn't have to opt back into that contract. He could have just signed a free agent deal somewhere else. If it was more lucrative, he would have. He couldn't find one because it doesn't exist. So he opts back in. He decides to take the 35 and change. Fine. Good for you. That's a lot of money. But once you do that, They're not obligated to trade you for nothing just because you want to go to the Clippers. And oh yeah, not for nothing, 
you really kind of screwed yourself when you said the only place you want to go to is the Clippers. I mean, this is like negotiating one-on-one. If you want to get mm-hmm. moved somewhere, you have to create a market. If you cut out Daryl's legs and say, the only place I want to go to is the Clippers, then he has a, he has limited tools at his disposal. So again, and I know that you're on the other side of this, but unsurprisingly, it's the wrong side. Well, this yes. falls back with James Harden. Yeah. So like, here's my thing though. What's the point of a handshake agreement if it's contingent on a bunch of things? Like when, and this is what I think it, what gets lost in this. James Harden took less money. Like James mm-hmm. Harden is the one that has had money taken out of his pocket. It's easy for the Sixers to go, well, you know what? Your market isn't what I thought. Or my favorite cop-out excuse is the, we don't want to talk to you because of tampering thing. Like get out of here, man. If you wanted James Harden back, you would let it be known. Here's what we're offering you at the end of free agency. Here's what we think is going to work. We want you back. You're a priority. So if I'm James Harden, I think, A, you told me you would give me, you like you told me you would take care of me or whatever the t- verbiage was. There was some type of agreement. And then you go quiet on me. And then like, so I don't know what's going on. And then with the opt-in thing, like this is my favorite thing and shout out to WIP callers. I love them with all my heart. This is <laughs> my favorite thing they say is they go, well, when you opt in, like you opted in to play for the Sixers. No, he opted in to get traded. When that tweet came out, I remember everyone on WIP being like, oh, thank God he's gone. He's such a loser. I never have to watch him again. Nobody was like, oh, he opted in. Maybe he's going to be back. So twice I feel, and honestly, I think the agent like also has something to do with this. I don't know if he's played this the best from Harden's perspective, but I feel like Maury has probably twice told him something and twice it hasn't happened. Now you can argue Maury is doing it in the best of the best interest of the, uh, of the team. And that's his job. But then I think James also has a right to be really upset about this. Well, I, I, you keep glossing over everything that Harden has done here. What about well, going what's back he done? to December? What's he done? What about going back to December when there were rumors after reports, after uh, sources saying he's going back to Houston, right? So if right. he's if he's dead set convinced that this handshake agreement that we don't even know happened uh, right. was guaranteeing him money down the line, then why is he telling everybody who will listen that he's going back to Houston because he's trying to drum up a market, right? There's mm-hmm. two sides to this. James Harden is not without so, culpability here, and yes, he did opt in. But if he had if he had been done so dirty by the 76ers organization and Daryl Morey in specific, who, by the way, is one of the few people left in the NBA who still speaks highly of James Harden and has his back. <laughs> when, like, yes. He's trying to force his way out of a third team in four years, and Daryl Morey is like, yeah, man, I'm trying to take care of you here. If he had been done so dirty, why opt back in? Why not just say, I'm going to hit the free agent market and I'll get what I can get? And the answer is because the 35 was worth more than anything else anybody else was offering. 100%. I agree with you. I agree with you that the money was not out there for him. And look, that's on him too. Now, the ironic thing is he actually had a way better year this year than he did the year before when he took the pay cut. Like he was considerably better, in my opinion, this year. The big debate in Philly right now is like him in the playoffs. I fall on the line of he had two amazing games and they don't get to game seven without him. Other people are on the line of he was a complete loser in game seven. So depends on what side of the coin you fall on that one. Getting to game seven was just putting the football back in Lucy's hands so that Charlie Brown and Charlie Brown in this scenario is the Sixers and all of us watching them as well. Correct. Yes. Missed the football again. I'm so tired of the second. This is what my initial reaction when I heard about this was when he said, I'm never going to play for the Sixers again, and I'll never play for Daryl Moore because Daryl Moore is a liar. Okay. Guess what happens with, with him or without him? They're still not getting out of the second round. You can put them on the team or take them off the team. They're still not getting out of the second round. It has been year after year after year of this. And I frankly, I'm just like tired of this team. So 
I fall on the opposite side of that one. Like this team has been really, really good. And in my opinion, they were very what? close to win. In, this, by what metric? By by the win metric. If you look at regular season What have they won? And, okay, I'm going to tell you. If you look at regular season wins over the last six years, since they started trying to win again, mm -hmm. they're in the top five. If you look at playoff wins over the last six years, I believe they're also in the top five. If you look at teams that have been to the second round five of the last six years, only two other teams have done it. So I also, or one other team, sorry, the Suns. I also feel that frustration of like, Trust me, man. All year I defended this team and I looked like an idiot when they got blown out. I don't like looking like an idiot. No good for me. I do my hair too nice to look like an idiot. I have bad news. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, yeah. This is just Sixers. Wait, wait till we go to Go Birds Pod. Yeah. But yeah. like they have accomplished a lot. They just have. So while I agree with you, it is frustrating and it's like a narrative thing that they have, have not gotten out of the second round. Like with James Harden, they have a chance to win a title next year. And that's why these people, I understand being mad at the team. But they are better with James Harden. Like, I don't know what trade they make unless they're getting Lillard. And we'll talk about that when we talk about the schedule. But I don't know a trade they make that for Harden that makes them better. And that's why this whole thing is just upsetting to me. Because they're not going to be as good as they would have been with James Harden. Yeah, my mileage varies on that. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I just, I look at this team and I've seen the pieces. The closest that they've gotten to something significant especially in the second round was obviously that Toronto series. I was there, yeah. I saw Kawhi hit an epic, historic four bounce mm -hmm. shot. That's a once in a lifetime thing. And everybody goes, <laughs> well, you know, if Kawhi doesn't hit that and they win that game, maybe they go on into golden state and they won the championship, but ifs and buts, right? That's right. really the closest they've come in the second round. Most of the other second round, I mean, the Atlanta series was a complete flame out. This Boston was one. I know that you say that. Well, Harden I mean, look, it was pretty close. Seven. Like it was pretty close. They were three minutes away in game six of winning it. Just and then what I happened? Mean, they were. Like they lost. Minutes, they lost. I agree. But, and they lost in abject fashion in Game Seven. I mean, that For was sure. a complete it was embarrassing. utter no yeah. show. And you have the yep. MVP on your team, and I, you know, like he had an incredible season, and I'm glad he won the award. But that was a complete no show by that team. So on the whole, accepting that series against Toronto, I haven't seen a lot of success in the second mm -hmm. round where you go, oh, maybe they could have done that. It's mostly you beat the first round opponent, you get in there, and then you step on whatever rake is in front of you, and then you face plant. Right. So bringing back James Harden, yeah, I mean, would they be better than whatever, you know, Detrius that they get in whatever trade that they make with the Clippers? Sure. But that still doesn't get you very far, I don't think. I mean, I, I look at the Eastern Conference. Are they better than the Celtics? I don't think so. Are they better than the Bucs? I don't think so. Then all of a sudden you get into where's the heat? Yes, they lost a, a bunch of players, but they still have Jimmy Butler and perhaps they add Dame Lillard. And they're probably going to Dame, yeah. They're are they better than an ascendant, like starting to climb Cleveland Cavaliers team? I mean, maybe, probably, but I don't know by how much. Right. Yeah. So I mean, look, when, when I look at the East, and I guess we'll take this sidetrack. When I look at the East, I think that they are close to the Celtics because we just saw that in the seven game series. They barely lost them. The Bucs, to me, are an interesting team because the Bucs have, they've won a championship. They have a player that arguably could be the best player in the league, really good role players, all those things. They also did just lose in the first round of the playoffs. So imagine if now I know I know Giannis was hurt, but if the Sixers lost in the first round last year, nobody would be sitting here being like, oh, they're a team that's definitely better than them. The Cavs, to me, I like their players. They're in a bit of like they have to prove it to me until I take them anywhere serious. I do like Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks, I don't think, have a legit number one, so I don't take them seriously. So as long as Embiid is on the Sixers and if Maxi can take a step, plus with Nick Nurse, I do think they are a top three team in the East and you know, you let the chips fall where they may in terms of if they can finish in that top three or if they are like fourth, if Embiid misses time. But the hardened thing to me to circle back to it is like, what do you do? 
like, you know, we can debate if he lied, if he didn't lie. Like, if you're Daryl Morey, are you digging your heels in on this? Are you trying to save the relationship? There were reports that Embiid, uh, Embiid like, try, has tried to get Harden multiple times to come back to the team. Let's put you in Daryl Morey's seat. Like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm doing what I always do as Daryl Morey, which is I'm trying to find the best deal for the team. And mm-hmm. that's why I think it's interesting here because, you know, James Harden comes out and he says it's time to get uncomfortable, right? He goes, he goes to China where he yes. gives a, a bunch of – and by the way, my favorite part about this whole thing is a bunch of children in China who show up to see <laughs> James Harden and all of a sudden he's like, I got some stuff to get off my chest. <laughs> yes. He's like, by the way, like, Daryl Morey's a liar. Also, who wants a free pair of shoes? <laughs> Are we in the right spot? I'm not yes, entirely yes. sure. I wish but someone so would have followed up and been like, but didn't you opt in just to see what he would yeah. have said? Yeah. So, I mean, James Harden is trying to make things uncomfortable, right? And force his mm-hmm. way out. He's going to be such a problem that the 76ers can't have him around. I'm sorry. Recent history. Are you unaware of it, James Harden? Did you not see what happened with Ben Simmons? They had yes. him come to practice. That man wore sweatpants and had a phone in his pocket. <laughs> and they still were like, we're not going to move you until we're ready to move you. That's that's Daryl Morey. For all of Daryl Morey's faults, you can think whatever you want about him. He hasn't won a championship yet. Fine. But since 2006, when he was hired as the general manager of the Houston Rockets, he is indisputably one of the best general managers in the NBA. Talk to anybody around the league. They'll tell you he's and I've spoken to him at length over the years, especially when, back when I was at the ringer, when I was just doing mm-hmm. the NBA, he's so smart. There's clearly a mind at work there. So what you've got now is a guy who's going to make things uncomfortable in an organization that is forever uncomfortable. Yeah. This happens all the time. Every year, something bad goes through. I mean, buddy, you're in the right spot, I guess. Good luck yeah. with that. So I agree with you on Maury. I do think Maury, there's a lot of debate between like him and Howie Roseman in this town. Howie obviously has a Super Bowl ring, but I think they're very similar in a lot of ways. Like the way they think, their level mm-hmm. of intellect. Like I do think highly of Maury. My only thing would be, I think this could be uglier than the Ben Simmons thing. Like looking back on Ben, he definitely caused a bit of a scene. Like you said, there's the practice he gets thrown out of. He's not really trying, blah, blah. But Ben also didn't talk. Like Ben was there and it seemed like he was just quiet. James, to me, seems like he's going to show up and he's going to be talking to the media. He's going to be, you know, vocal in practice and all those things. And I think a key difference is when they when that was going on at that point, like Doc was in what his second year, if I'm not mistaken. This is a first year head, a first year coach in Nick Nurse, obviously a veteran coach. But you're building your your like program, you're building your atmosphere, you're building your climate like that you want to have as head coach. And you're going to have arguably the most disruptive player in the entire NBA there doing it. And like, what do you, you're going to give him reps, I would assume, like to borrow football terms, I'm training camp mode, but he's going to be with the starters. So I do kind of think, I don't know, man, I might just trade him. Like, I don't know if waiting around is a move here on this one. Trade him to who? I mean, if he, if he only wants to go to the Clippers, let's say you find a better deal somewhere else. Are you going to trade him somewhere else? I mean, is he going to well, go? Would you is do he going to Norman be... Powell, like Robert Covington, Terrence Mann package? No, it's a bad package. No? I mean, look, I love Rocco and he had a great time in Philadelphia. Yes. I do like Norman Powell. I think he'd be a useful piece, but I think, you know, ultimately if it's between that group and Hey, I'd rather just have James Harden. Cause I think you, you made a good point that the way that he played last year was beneficial to the team. Mm-hmm. I get why Daryl Morey wouldn't just say, I'm going to pass him off for a bunch of cast offs. Right. I mean, there's not a lot of leverage here on either side, which is why I think like I, you said, oh, well, there's a new a new coach, right? James right. Harden is going to come in. Are they going to give him reps? And stuff? Is James Harden going to come in? Like, I think so. You think he's just going to no-show? They're going to find him at that point. Like, even yeah. Ben showed up. Yeah, but 
I mean, to, to an extent, right. And then all of a sudden, right. all of a sudden he disappeared again. So I don't know. I don't know where this goes. I don't think it goes anywhere good, but that just brings me back to my initial point, which is with or without James Harden. I don't, th- I think the story ends the way it always ends. He's Not going to get Sixers having yeah. a parade. <laughs> well, look, if James Harden comes back, I think they have a shot, but here's what I'd also say uh, about Harden. Like one major difference is Ben didn't like his teammates. I do wonder if Harden would come back and if, you know, they don't like the offer, he wants to play. He is a free agent at the end of the year, which is different with Ben. Do you think it matters that it's Maury and not the teammates? Like Maury can be the bad cop. He's at the second floor of the practice facility. Like Ben's biggest enemy on that team was arguably like Joel and Joel's right in the the starting lineup. So do you think that makes a difference on how he might act? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, Although I just find it so curious that all of a sudden Daryl Morey's the main enemy, right? For James yeah, Harden. Because well, he lied. I mean, well, again, we don't know that. And we don't know, like, we weren't privy to exactly how those conversations went. And I, again, I suspect that there were two different perspectives on the same conversation. Sure. But independent of that, I think it's really interesting that forever in a day, James Harden and Daryl Morey were like super super mm-hmm. tight, right? I mean, like, yeah, remember that hug when he got off the plane? Oh, it was, the hug. It was romantic. Yeah. It was like reunited a and it feels so good. Right. Exactly. And then all of a sudden it's, it's not that. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it feels to me that James Harden is constantly setting himself up against the foil. And generally it's whatever team he wants to leave, mm-hmm. but this is not something new for James. Harden. If this had been the first time that James Harden was on a team and he was like, I can't believe this guy. They really screwed me. Get me out of here. Okay. Then you start to listen. If it was the second time, maybe you'd even be like, all right, I get it. I mean, like, you know, it didn't go great for him in the last, this is the third time. Like at what point do you go? This is a, the, the, the James Harden who cried wolf is crying wolf again. So my counter to that would be like, and this is another reason I think that James at least feels Daryl lied. I tend to agree with you. And I think the reality is probably as it always is somewhere in the middle, there's a gray, like, Daryl said something to make James think that. Although Pat Beverly on his pod, and I would suggest everyone listens to it, the Pat Bev pod, uh, Barcel Sports. It's a it's a really good listen on the situation. He he said like basically to paraphrase, James feels Daryl cost him money, and Pat Bev is clearly biased in this situation, but on kind of on both sides. Like he's biased towards Maury because he's his current boss, and he's biased towards James because he's a really good friend. So it does seem that at least Pat Beverly thinks that that that's what happened, but. If you look at it, James turned down money from the Nets, demanded a trade here, took less money. Like those actions do kind of lean towards someone that feels Daryl Morey is going to put more money in his pocket, right? I mean, to an extent, yes, but but once more. Okay, so we don't know also, like what when we're saying put more money in his pocket, are we saying we're going to, that they're going to just him max out? him out? Yeah. No, like, I mean, because he's not a max player anymore. He's right. 33 years old. He's about to be 34. He's clearly lost a step. Everybody has seen that. Yes. He played differently last season and they asked him to be more of a facilitator. And he was awesome at, uh, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Well, we can, it's not the same, like that step back, uh, the hesitation when he's going to the rim, like when he's trying to turn the corner on the pick and roll, he's definitely yeah. lost a step and age wise. Like what, what franchise in the NBA would max him out on a long-term deal. Literally none because Agreed. none of them nope. did. Yeah, 100%. So I'm not sure yeah. what kind of money they did offer him in the offseason in terms of a, a, a contract extension or what he thought he was going to get because clearly what he thought he was going to get isn't available. Yeah, I agree. And I think that the root of all this on both sides is 
Daryl can't pay him what he either thought or originally thought because he's not worth it. And there's no market for James Harden. So there will be tons of other drama in this. Obviously, James said he's willing to play in China. That doesn't feel <laughs> like a next year thing. Feels like I would assume. Although he looks Good like luck. he's having a blast out there. The James Harden wine. He's on TikTok. He's doing. He's doing. Did all you see how clips. that he sold like ten thousand bottles of wine? I did. <laughs> yes. I like. <laughs> that is why. Where even though there are times I feel bad for him in this, I'm like, this man is living a life I can only. Uh, I can only ever dream of uh, mm -hmm. spelling ten thousand uh, things in like what was it ten minutes or something like that? One Something minute. like that. Maybe so, maybe that was Daryl behind the scenes. Yeah, just buying it all, giving him his, his money. <laughs> the real question is, where is Michael Rubin in this? Like, come on, man. Like, yeah. cut him a check and let's get this thing taken care of. I do believe at his heart, James wants to be here, but I think it's just the, the money. Uh, the money messed it up. So, the other thing I want to talk to you about before uh, before we wrap this up, can't believe it's already almost time to go to the Eagles game. But Joel Embiid, like, mm -hmm. where are you at with him overall? Just are you still in on him? Do you still think he's a number one type of player? Or I mean, I get frustrated with the with the tweets. Like, just give me your Joel Embiid take on, okay. off of last year and in this offseason. I will give you my take. I will say I'll preface it with I am quite shocked that you, ESP uh hot take master. I've been waiting for like I, during the season, especially and right after yeah. the season, I would get up and I'd be like, today's the day when I see an ESP tweet saying <laughs> enough with Embiid time to go. Like you, yes. you'd be the first person in Philadelphia to say time to trade him. Yeah. Like, well, I never took that, that road. We'll see if I'm he shocked a few more times. We'll see. I There's know there's still sure time people are as well. There's still time for it after the, after the postseason, when they flame out, he, mm -hmm. he's coming off an MVP uh, candidacy, right? He wins the MVP. And then we see Nikola Jokic, not win it, and then just dominate in the playoffs. And it occurred to me, and this goes from both ways. I can see it from Joe's perspective and from the team's perspective. You, How far have you gotten second round every time you flame out? He, he just won an MVP. They have changed the coach. They've changed the general manager mm -hmm. several times, and they have changed literally everybody on the team except for Joel Embiid. He's the one constant. So yeah. if I'm Joe... I'm looking at this organization, especially now with the James Harden situation going, can I actually get to where I want to go? Can I win a championship here in Philadelphia? It's been great. They've tried a lot of things, but we keep butting up against the same exact wall. Flip it on the other side. I wouldn't blame the Sixers for thinking about it too, because yeah. you changed the coach, changed the general manager several times, you changed all the players and the one constant just came off his best season ever. And he's still flamed out in the second round and his value will never be higher than it is now. I'm not saying I would do it. I am just saying, though, I would not blame either side if either side was like, maybe it's time. Yeah, so uh, when we first started this pod with Kyle, it was probably a month in the last season, and I told him I would rather have the Houston Rockets roster and cap space than the Sixers roster and cap space. And it was because at the time, I did not believe in Joel Embiid because for a lot of the things that you've said, he's the constant, like, in the playoffs, they always flame out. I truly, at my core, don't believe you can win with the center as your best player. I don't care that Jokic just won it. I think that's the flukiest title ever. <laughs> like, I just don't, I I would not take a center. He was so good. He was so dominant. What are you talking yeah, about? Against trash teams. He played three teams that were in the play-in <laughs> tournament. He did. It was the easiest ring ever. He, if he, That was, I mean, qualifying that run that he just had is, yeah. is a perfect ESP take. So kudos yeah. to you. He looked amazing. Thank you. Yeah, he yeah. looked amazing against bad teams. I think the okay. Sixers would have beat those teams too. But so anyway, but he wasn't Joel, not Jokic. Joel was amazing last year, and he changed my mind on him. He won. Uh, he won the MVP. 
You saw him make like more of a perimeter type game. He was making the mid-range shots. So I'm in on Joel. But I think what you say like is true. There is just a truth to it that he's not gotten out the second round. I I kind of tend to believe it's not his fault. If you look at it on a whole, I think he catches blame. But if you look at each individual series, you can build a narrative of it not being his fault. But that feels like kind of loser stuff. Like, I think if I were to do that for another player, I I would be like being dishonest. Like if I was a Nuggets fan or if I was a Knicks fan, my take would absolutely be, ah, you're never going to win with Joel. Like, how could it not be at this point? But I do think he's still a top five player. I probably wouldn't trade him. In fact, I think he's probably a top three player when he's at his best. But I wonder if he will ask out soon, because while it might not be his fault, I don't know, man, you wake up, you see this video from China, you reportedly want James back. Isn't there a part of him that must just be like, all right, you know what? Like, I'm out of here on this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't blame him. And 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 I want to be crystal clear here. I love Joel Embiid. I yeah. think he's an un- unbelievable player. It's really hard to get players of that caliber, obviously, right? I mean, the mm-hmm. whole the whole process situation, which I was on board with academically, Same. really yields Embiid, right? I mean, like yeah. they missed out on a bunch of other things for various reasons. It yields Embiid. You get one. It's hard to get somebody like that. But how many times do you keep ending up in the same spot? And if I was him, I'd be frustrated. And if I was them, I'd think about it because in all these other iterations, you know, they moved Jimmy Butler. They shouldn't have done that, but they had an out, right? They move, uh, things fall apart with Markel. They move Markel. Things Mm -hmm. fall apart with Ben Simmons. They move Ben Simmons. Now things are falling apart with James Harden and you don't have those same outs. You don't like the draft capital that they used to have. They don't really, they don't have it anymore. They moved all of it, right? I mean, if James Harden walks, you know, Daryl Morey's whole situation is we'll be one of the best teams with the most cap space, like of the teams who have the most cap space next year, we'll be among the premier teams, but like, who's going to be available. And I kind of hate that plan too. Like if I'm too well, like, I'm like, oh great. Next year, no one ever signs in free agency either. Exactly. It's, it's rarer now than it used to be. So the outs that you, the cards that Daryl Morey could have played previously aren't currently as available to him Mm -hmm. so it just makes me wonder if from both perspectives it would not shock me if they're thinking about it on either side so another joel thing i want to ask you about you can tell me if you think this is unfair of me so the sixers are apparently holding some type of mini camp in los angeles pat beverly called it a mini camp it's like uh i believe maxi's there toby's there pat beverly is there uh melton's there nick nurse is there the assistant coaches are there i didn't get my invite I know me either. I'm here. Is, and they didn't yeah, invite right. me. You can just stop right me. over. Yeah. You should go try to figure it out. Maybe do some journalism for once. Yeah. But um, Joel Embiid's not there. Now, Pat Beverly said it's because he's on his honeymoon. Congrats mm-hmm. on the wedding. I was married in July. I went on a honeymoon. I understand this. But I don't know, man. Don't you think it's a little weak he's not there? Like it's a mini camp. The head coach is there. The assistant coaches are there. All the other good players are there. And I think it like plays off a little bit until he's not, maybe not a great leader in, in that way. I mean, I locker rooms are tough to make a call on that because we're, none of us are privy to it, right? It's much right. different than, you know, press access. You know, we have a certain amount of interaction with these guys, mm-hmm. but it's not the same as being in the locker room and really knowing who's who and, and yeah. like how they deal with people. I also think it's August. The entire NBA is off, which brings me back to the James Harden thing. Like James Harden is like, really ticked off that Daryl Morey said that, you know, he's going to take James Harden off the table because nothing was happening trade-wise. Guess what? There's nothing happening with Dame Lillard either because it's August and the whole league is on vacation. Your co-host is down under somewhere. I know. 
Yeah. The whole, nothing happens in August. So sure. They got a new coach, Pat Beverly, whatever. I don't know. Joel Embiid has got a lot of miles on him. I've seen him out here in LA actually at some of these training camps when he's working out with his personal mm -hmm. trainer. Flex. He busts his ass in the off season. Go enjoy your, go enjoy your honeymoon. I mean, come back got in, married in like September. a month ago. Like, I don't know. I mean, he's look, rich. I, he can go on an extended honeymoon. Rich, right. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you and uh, Colleen Wolf had a very nice long honeymoon too. <laughs> so got that LA money now, but yeah, back, no, you're back right. then we did not have LA money. Yes. Yeah. And I only have Philly money. So my, mm -hmm. my, my honeymoon was a week, but it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful time. So I agree with you. I'm probably being a little overly harsh. It's just, I think I feel a little bit burned by Joel because I defended him so hard. And then that game seven thing. And then all the annoying tweets about like, you know, whenever anything happens, he has a tweet, but it's actually about the tour de France or it's actually about like, come on, man. Like you're the face of a billion dollar franchise. You're the face of the franchise uh, of, of an NBA team. Like I don't want to say grow up. Cause I actually think he's extremely mature. And I actually think he's been through a lot to get where he is, but it's these little things like this where it makes him, it makes him hard to defend. If that makes sense. If he shows up at this mini camp in LA, what changes? I'm like, oh, good job. He's a leader. I'm excited to see him there. Like, I so don't know. He gets ESP's approval. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I have 127,000 followers, on Twitter, which is so. impressive and, no. <laughs> and kind of mind blowing because when I left seven years ago, it was not. I that. know. It was like but, seven. So, but well, you made me, you know, it gave me advice in my early. Well, I mean, you created. Look at me. you now. I know. Uh, exactly. Superstar. But, I mean, what really changes though? Like it's, it's a, it's a mini camp. Like, do they get out of the second round? Cause he shows up in LA. I don't know, but like, and this is going to be very, I hate to do it, like generic sports person on me, but like, I don't, would Jalen Hurts miss this? Like, I don't know. It's just, I just, when I hear the team is working out, I want the best player there. Like, is that too much to ask at this point of his career? It's a long season. He's a big dude. All right. He's got a lot of miles on him. I say, put your feet up. Also, they just came out of that. Again, disastrous game seven, mm -hmm. probably still lingering. I don't know, man. Go live your life for a little bit. Come back for refreshed, hopefully, yeah. and then be a leader. Fair enough. Hopefully he comes back. I saw some he's going to come back in the best shape of his life. So that's how you really know the Always. PR campaign is on. We're all <laughs> trying to be the best shape of our life. I'm trying Always. to get in shape for the start of Eagle season. Never seems to happen. Look at you. Me. You're all ripped up over there. I know. I'm trying, right? Look I'm at that. One, one step at a time. So. Before we get out of here, mm -hmm. like what else is up, man? I mean, for you referenced it, but seven years ago is when you left. Now it feels like it was it was not that long ago. Uh, seven I remember years ago this month. Yeah, really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, it's funny. Two days yesterday was a three year anniversary of my home run tweet. So we're all celebrating <laughs> anniversaries right now. Well, one one day at a time. Truly iconic. Yes, Truly but iconic. Uh, so seven years ago you leave me. I remember having mm -hmm. great conversations with you at the Eagles press box and, you know, reading you growing up and all that. So like, what's new, man? How you been for the people that, that followed you and still follow you? Just what's new. How, how's life of John Gonzalez? Life is great. Uh, I live in Los Angeles. I watch entirely too much Philadelphia sports. I've watched yes. more baseball this season than I think I've watched since I covered the Phillies when I was at Comcast sports and uh, you know, NBC sports Philadelphia right. and then previously the, the inquire, um, it's been a journey. The Phillies have been a journey. More well, you have a Phillies take for me. I feel like you have a Phillies tape like ripe to go right now. Uh, you know, every time I think the bats are back, yeah. they they tease me, and uh, all of a sudden they go they go silent. But I'm I'm optimistic. I'm more optimistic about them than I am about the Sixers. I I wanted to. Yeah, somebody's saying maybe we need to give Aaron Nola. Yeah, producer ovation. James Aaron Nola standing ovation. That's yeah. hilarious. Um, yeah. Shout out Jack Fritz. I just needed a break after the Sixers. Yeah. So I threw myself into the Phillies and, and, and my take, 
uh, on Philly sports in general is I had, I was so beaten down by this last playoff run. Cause mm-hmm. I, I mean, going back to when I was in Philly, I covered so many Sixers games. I was there for the entire process. I was there like covering yeah. all of the postseason runs for the all ringer the and, sports, and sports illustrated. I come out of this last one. I'm like, I might take the year off. Wow. I'm, th- I'm thinking about that. You're thinking, I'm about, thinking about taking the six or season off, but uh, we'll beyond that, actually do it. I know I'm, I'm a yeah. liar. Everyone says this. They're like, Oh, I'm going to follow the flyers. No, you're not. Everyone's going to watch the Sixers. Like, I would on, just no watch, watch the rest team. of the NBA. I just, yeah, it's true. I guess. Cause yeah. I love the NBA, but to answer your original question, things are wonderful. Nice. I live in Los Angeles. I have a nice job. I see the ocean frequently. My wife is very, very successful. Like oh, you, she's a superstar with hundreds of thousands of followers. Yes. So could be worse on my end. I always remember way back, but you know, she was still a bigger deal than me at the time, but we, I drove her from Comcast to like a Andrew Bynum press conference in, in I Temple. That. I was there. And, and he had like all these like robotic things on his knees. And at that point I was like, yeah, I, I don't think this is happening for, uh, for Andrew Bynum. Any Eagles takes you want to get off your chest. You got the, the Kelly green back there and you a Kelly green fan. And he, what do you think of this year? For, uh, this I year? love the Kelly green. Uh, thank yes. you to the Eagles for sending both me and Colleen. She got one too. She got a sleigh mm-hmm. Jersey. She, she just thinks sleigh on a Jersey is amazing. And number uh, two is my favorite number. So I think that's a quality Jersey. So I'm so glad that they went back to them. It took them too long, mm-hmm. but did. they got there. I'm excited about it. And I'm optimistic. I was at the Super Bowl. Uh, Colleen and I went, it was an mm-hmm. incredible game until it wasn't, uh, yeah, until I'm optimistic. Lost, yeah. yeah. I'm optimistic about this team because I look at the competition in the NFC and I go, I mean, they're right there. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, who, who do you, who scares so, you in the NFC? Not here's not my too many teams. I can't base my prediction off the other teams. Like I think the Eagles are a great team, but man, we've seen so many times when a team, and you know, this from covering the team, when they're supposed to be great, they mm-hmm. never are. And when yeah. they're supposed to suck, they're always good. So I would caution, much like Sixers fans, I guess it's a good way to wrap this. Like, I don't know, man. I think the Eagles will be good, but I would be surpri- not surprised. It just feels like we're all setting ourselves up with, like, Lucy and the football again. You don't think they win the division easily? No, not easily. The Cowboys are the second-best team in the conference, and it took them till the last quarter of the last game last year to win it. I'd, I'd argue 49ers, but okay. I mean, Well, they don't have a quarterback. You're out on Brock Purdy. Yeah, get out of here with Brock Purdy. First of all, he has 10 <laughs> training camp interceptions as the, the the creator of the training camp stat. Like that 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 means quite a bit. He's he had like seven games last year against trash teams. I'm 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 not a Brock Purdy. I love that you're still tracking uh passing in training camp. I remember back in the day when you, me, and Jordan Renan yes. had to do that for different outlets, and I hated it. And I'm yes. so glad that I'm not doing it, but you still are because it's endlessly amusing to me and apparently Deshaun Watson. Well, I was going to say, if you would have stuck with it, you could have got 4 million tweets on, or impressions on your tweet yesterday. So, yeah. you know, just so, a you know, little advice, but nicely done. My man, I really appreciate you doing this, especially on short notice. Good to see your face. Good to talk to you. Uh, excited. Back for the at you. Yeah. And well, I, I got the beard going now. I didn't have this one. Uh, when you Looking handsome as always. Uh, I trying. appreciate it. And I'll Where let you know. We'll catch you. I'll let you know if Sixers rehab takes or not. People can listen to me. Uh, I host a show called The Lead Starting Five. Uh, it's part of Wondery Sports Media's podcast arm. And uh, it's a daily sports podcast. So we do five nice. stories every day setting you up for uh, what happens. It's a, generally a mix of some newsier stuff. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end, we do some stuff that we can goof on and have fun with. It's a good show. We work with good people. So check it out if you're so inclined. Well, if you ever want five tweets to start your morning, I'm happy to come on. Happy I appreciate that. Yeah, that. we'll have you on. It'll no be great. problem. 
All right, as I said at the beginning, thank you to everybody that's still listening. I say it every pod, but if you're a Sixers fan that's listening this deep into an off-season pod about James Harden in China, I super appreciate it. It means the world to me that you guys take the time to do this. Make sure you download the Odyssey app. You do get all the episodes first. And make sure you leave a five-star review to help the pod grow. My man, it was good to talk to you, and I'll talk to you guys next time.